The poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So what's done is that a mask is built, a protective mask is built for each patient that has special holes in the mask where the mask blocks the radiation beams from destroying the, the tissue that's underneath it, but where the holes are, the radiation goes in in, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a laser-focused manner there just to destroy the jaw cancer. So during the plague judgments in, in Egypt, God made a radiation protection mask for Israel to protect Israel from the judgment plagues that he was bringing on Egypt. And that's what, that's, what, that's what we want to see here. It was, we can see how God protected Israel from the judgment plagues. God protected Israel from the judgment plague of the flies, of the flies. God, that God sent these flies on Egypt when, when God told Pharaoh that the fly judgment was coming. And he said that in Exodus 8.21, Exodus 8.21. And he says to, to, to Pharaoh, else if thou wilt not let my people go, Behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of the swarms of flies. Imagine that. And also the ground wherein they are. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in the which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of thee. So God spoke of protecting Israel from the fly judgment. And God said that he was going to sever in that day uh, the land of, of, of Goshen, in which, which his people were, so there would be no swarms of flies there. He used that word sever to describe his protection. It's the radiation mass, the protection of Israel. And then we could just almost see God as he's going to bring this, this fly judgment down, and he kind of pushes his off to the side as in separating them from the Egyptians. I mean, this is a picture of God protecting his people. It's an action of separating his people from the judgment. This is the whole concept of the rapture. The rapture, when God raptures his people off the earth, he will be him severing his people from earth, that, that, and the earth that he's then going to shower judgment on. So God said that his severing here of, of Israel to protect them had not only the purpose 
of shielding Israel from the judgment like the radiation masks that shield the patient, but also that there was another purpose that God had in mind. And his protection, and it says that as we read in Exodus 8.22, Exodus 8.22, where he said, to the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. I mean, just imagine how that was. The sky becomes darkened with swarms of flies that roll in like waves. So waves of terror. A little bit of light comes through and another dark one comes. I mean, there were, there were not enough fly swatters to kill all those flies. They landed everywhere. I mean, you, you, forget about screen doors. God said they're going to be in your houses. You couldn't breathe without getting flies in your mouth, in your nose, on your eyes, all over. It was horrible. Alfred Hitchcock should have made a movie about, yeah, called The Flies instead of The Birds. But in the land of Goshen, no one had a fly swatter because that was a, that was a totally a no-fly zone. So, so God accomplished his purpose of protecting Israel from this plague of flies. But God had this goal, and that was that during this time, as, as, as the world saw that his people, the Jews, were protected, they were protected, and that was to say, I'm going to show you that so that you know that God is in the midst of the earth. God said specifically that his protection was a testimony to the fact that God is in the midst of the earth. Being in the midst of the earth means that God sees everything on earth. He's right here. Nothing is hid from the eyes of God. But many people today think that, well, God doesn't see. God doesn't see. They think that they can get away with wickedness because they think, well, you know, God's so busy. He must have quite an, a list on his agenda of things to do and other things he's just, that, he, that he's just, in essence, he's forsaken the earth. Oh, look, he's got Mars to worry about. But it says in Ezekiel 8.12, Ezekiel 8.12, then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, The Lord seeth us not, the Lord hath forsaken the earth. That's not true. But by protecting his people, by protecting the Jews, God was showing he's in the midst of the earth. Israel should have been destroyed. They never, first of all, they never should have won the War of Independence in 1940. They didn't have anything. They managed to commandeer a few planes from the British because of some, some Jewish women lovers. But they, So they fly the planes over. They don't have any bombs. So what do they do? They take bottles of soda and drop them on the enemy, and the enemy runs. In many testimonies like this, we're in the 67 war, in the Six-Day War, where the enemy said, we saw angels, and we ran. So what is God doing there? By protecting his people, even though when they were in unbelief, God is showing that he's in the midst of the earth. I mean, the lost, they think, well, God's in heaven and so removed from earth that he doesn't see or care about what's done down here. But Job said it right. Job said it right in Job 22.12, Job 22.12, where Job said, is not God in the height of heaven and behold the height of the stars, how high they are? And thou sayest, how doth God know? Can he judge through the dark cloud? The answer is yes. God said, and, and by protecting his people, he was showing he's right here. Like the United Nations today, all the nations today in the United Nations who may know that Israel is God's people, maybe they, they learned it in Sunday school, but they attack Israel. They afflict Israel with one condemnation after another. And their thinking of this, they 
is described perfectly in Psalm 94.5. Psalm 94.5, where it says, They break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. Then in verse 7, 94.7, Psalm 94.7, Yet they say the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Yet Israel and the Jewish people have been protected, and God said that by protecting his people, he was showing, I'm right there, I'm right there. So we see that God protects his people, and that's one of the purposes was to show that God has not left, he's not forsaken the earth, he's in the middle of it. And so it says in Psalm 11:4, Psalm 11:4, the Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven, his eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. Wow, what an expression. Eyelids try. Not his eyebrows, but his eyelids like this. When you squint like that, are just creating a laser focus with your eyes where everything else is blocked out. We're in blinders. Focus. His eyelids try. That shows that God is laser-eyed focus on what man is doing, and he's looking so carefully to constantly see. But And the proof to the world of how laser-focused God's eyes are is seen by how he protects his Jew. What is the proof of how, that God is laser-focused on what's happening on earth. Bible of the Jew, from all the world's attacks, is proof that God is in the midst of the earth. And then we see another aspect of God's protection when he protected, the, 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 protected Israel from the plague of the fatal cattle disease. That's Exodus 9.6, Exodus 9.6, where it says, And the Lord did that thing in the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died, but of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. So here's God's protection of his people. It's described in, in this verse in Exodus 9.6, of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. That not one speaks of the completeness of God's protection of his people. This, this complete protection of his people was especially seen in the history of, of what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As, 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 king, as the king had cast them into the fiery furnace, and then they were pulled out. It was so fiery that the men who were responsible for throwing them into the fiery furnace, they died from, from the fire that came out as they got close to it. But when they were pulled out, it says in Daniel 3.27, Daniel 3.27, it says, the princes, governors, captains, king counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. I mean, God had protected his three men so thoroughly that there was not a strand of their hair of their head that was singed, and there was no change in their coats, and there was no smell of smoke on any of them, and they were observed carefully. They all saw them by this group called the princes, the governors, the captains. Now, that's a large group of people. That's a large group of people who inspected these three men, God's three men. And how would they know that? How would they know that there's no hair singed on their heads? And there's not a single change in their clothing, or there's not the slightest scent of smoke on them. I mean, this large group of inspectors, they had to get pretty up close and personal with these fellas. <laughs> look at every strand of hair. For some of it's a lot easier, but anyway, they were looking there very carefully. And let me look at your clothes. You know, let me, 
And these three men, these three men must have been passed around like fruit, you know, and, and closely handled by inspectors. I mean, they were looked over and handled like clothing being examined by women shopping. And when they had finished all their inspection, there was only one conclusion. God had done a hundred percent protection of his three men that were coming out of the fiery furnace. And that speaks of how God so thoroughly protects. And it was that thoroughness of protection that the Lord Jesus spoke of when he was commenting on how completely he made sure that everyone that came to him for protection was not lost. He said that in John 17, 12. John 17, 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Zero. John 20, 10, 28. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I mean, can't you just imagine? Can't you just imagine seeing the Lord with the believers in his hand, and he's looking at his hand and says, yep, there they all are. Not one of them is lost. All here and accounted for. So when God sent the judgment plague, the next judgment plague we're going to talk about, when he sent the judgment plague of hail on Egypt that destroyed all the crops, God protected his Jewish people in Exodus 9.24. So there was hail, and fire mingled with the hail. Very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. Hail smote every herb of the field, and break every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, no hail. So God sends, so, so again, there's God's protection of his people there when he sent the hail. Then he sent another one. He sent another plague. He sent a horrible plague of darkness. The darkness was so bad that during these three days of darkness, no one could see. No one could see. It, the darkness was so bad, no one could move because the darkness was, well, it, may, it makes you shudder to think about it, no, the, a darkness like that, especially when you consider that the Lord said in Matthew 11, 12, Matthew 11, 12, that hell is a place called the place of outer darkness, outer darkness. This darkness was so terrible that in Exodus 10, 21, Exodus 10, 21, it says that it's a darkness that could be felt, went right into the bones, it could be felt. And, and even there, God protected his people, as we read in Exodus 10, 22, Exodus 10, 22, Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. So we see how God has protected his people in these plagues in Egypt before the most terrible plague came. The most horrible judgment came in Egypt, which was the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. And here would be the most dramatic and the most profound protection that God would use to shield his, his people. God of Abraham's grace, my shield and tower, my shield. So God is going to use here, it's going to be the most dramatic, the most profound protection. He's going to shield his people from the judgment plague of the death of the first, first, worst one, the worst of all. And it's going to be the greatest protection of all. This protection, it was different. Different from the other protections that God gave for the other plagues. 
right? Because this plague, this protection rather, this protection was different because this protection was not going to be automatic like the other ones where they just, you know, all they had to do is just stand there and be Jews and then they were protected. But this one was not going to be that way. This is going to be where, where there's not going to be where the Jewish people have to do anything like in the other plagues. Now, the Jewish people, now Israel, to be protected from the greatest judgment, they had to do something. And God made it very clear what they had to do in, in Exodus 12.3, Exodus 12.3, when God told Moses, Exodus 12.3, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb. Important words. Every man a lamb. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Then he said in Exodus 12.5, Exodus 12.5, Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. Take it out from the sheep or from the goats. But keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts of the door, of the upper door posts of the house, and the upper door posts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. 12.12, Exodus 12.12, where we just read earlier. 12.12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite all the land of Egypt." So with this last plague, it was like God was saying to Israel, for all the other plagues, I protected you, you had to do nothing. But now comes the most terrible plague, the most terrible plague of all, and the protection will not be as the same. Now you will have to do something. It'll be something very important for you to do. You will have to have blood. You will have to have blood to protect you, the blood of a lamb. It was like God was saying, I'm gonna judge sin, and I'm going to send this great judgment, this last judgment, uh, on the sin of man. And don't think it's just the Egyptians that have sin that must be judged. You, my Jewish people, also have sin that you are in danger of being judged for. And your only hope is to be protected by blood. It's like the blood of the land is going to take away your sin so that you won't be judged for your sins. And I'm going to tell you exactly what you should do. Step one, take a lamb. Take a lamb. And so all Israel took lambs. Not just any lambs, the best lambs, the perfect lambs. The ones that they were saying, oh, that one's going to be a great feast. Look at how perfect he is. He said, yep, that. And at the prescribed time, when Moses gave the signal, all the families killed their lambs. And then all the families collected the blood of their lambs. And all the families took hyssop reeds and dipped the hyssop reeds in the blood of the family lambs. And all the families went to the outside door of their house with the bloody hyssop reeds. And all the families struck, it says you strike, not neatly paint, no, but strike the doorposts and the lintel of the houses with this bloody hyssop. And you can imagine the blood is splattering as they're doing that, it's go all over the place. But by doing that, each family was saying to God, also, I followed your command. 
I have also put the blood on the door, just as you said. And God said, God described what he did when he judged Egypt in killing the firstborn with the words, with the words that we saw here, Exodus 12, 12, Exodus 12, 12. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both of man and beast against all the, the gods of Egypt. I will let judgment, I am the Lord. So God said, I will pass through the land of Egypt. That's what God was doing there. He was passing through, and as he did, he was killing firstborn as he's passing through the land of Egypt, passing through. He, but as he's passing through, he says in Exodus 12, 12, because remember, Exodus 12, 12, 12, 13, Exodus 12, 13, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over, not through, I will pass over, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So he says, when I see the blood, then I'll pass over. That shows us God was looking for the blood. He was looking. Can you picture God doing that? Can you picture God coming to every door and saying, when I see the blood, I will pass over. I hope I see the blood on this family door, just like I said. And when he saw the blood on the door, he said, oh, there's the blood. That's good. I was hoping I'd see the blood on that door. Now I'm so glad for that family that I get to pass over that family and there's gonna be no death for that family there tonight. But just imagine when God came to a door that didn't have the blood on it, as God had said it should be done. And I don't want you to think that when God told these things to Moses about how they were going to, to, to be spared, that, that the Egypt, that, that the, 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 the like this and the Egyptians were going, there was what is described in the Bible, a great mixed multitude that came out. Those would be Egyptians, that'd be Egyptians. There was a great mixed multitude that came out of Egypt with the Jewish people. So what do you think they were doing when Moses was doing? They were like, get out of the way, I gotta hear this a little better. Yeah. So they were also, the Egyptians, there were many Egyptians in this great mixed multitude who also were putting the blood on the door. So when God, just imagine, God's, he's coming to an Egyptian door and he says, when I see the blood, he's, oh good, I see the blood on the Egyptian door, good, I get to pass over. But then he comes to the one, there is no blood, and he comes to that house and he said, where's the blood? Where's the blood on this door? I don't see the blood. They're not trusting and believing me. I gotta kill their firstborn. I don't wanna kill their firstborn son. But they leave me no choice. There's no blood on the door. The point is, is that every family had to have blood on their doorposts, and if they didn't, death in that house. And when God saw the blood, there was protection for that family. And God's sword didn't enter into that house because of the blood. It was the blood of protection. It was the blood of protection. God wanted to see the blood on every door of every house, he wanted to see the blood on every door of every Egyptian's house. He wanted, when it says a, a great mixed multitude, he wanted to be a mixed super multitude. A su uh, he wanted to see a mixed everybody multitude because that's what he wanted. Because why do we know that? Because of what God reveals about himself in, in, in 1 Timothy 2.4. 1 Timothy 2.4. This is God who will, 1 Timothy 2.4, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the Lord of, of 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That means God wanted all the Egyptians to have blood on their door. 
God didn't want any Egyptians to perish, but they had to put the blood on their door. And as God was passing through Egypt, God said, when, he, when I see the blood, I'll pass over, I'll skip over. The word Passover means, Pesach means uh, skip, tempt. And, and, and you, you're flat-footed like I was, and you can't run. And, and you come to the army, they say, okay, you go in the army, and you go in there, uh, you, Pesach, Passover, you have an exemption, you have an exemption. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. <laughs> 